I'm not very organized, but I get stuff done, if that makes sense. So yep. yeah, I've got no idea how I did it. I didn't have any help. I did the entire thing by myself. Literally had no help. Um, I didn't have a planner. Um, and so I sort of just, I, I took a while. It wasn't something I rushed into. Welcome to the You and Me podcast. Today we are interviewing Kelly McCarran, who is a host on the You Beauty podcast. Um, I first listened to Kelly's uh, wedding dramas on Overshare, and we are really interested to hear why her wedding was such a disaster, which doesn't happen often on this podcast. So we're really keen to hear about it all. So, welcome to the podcast, Kelly. Thank you so much. And if anyone else has listened to that podcast, bear in mind, it was recorded. I mean, Leah Friedman's a genius because that episode <laughs> went viral, but she was like two days after she'd heard through the grapevine that it was a disaster. So it was literally two days after the wedding that she was like, everyone come in, we're recording this episode while it's still fresh. So you could just hear my like just I mean to be honest to it people are like are you over it yet I'm like no no oh it's my god it's been almost two years and I'm like no it's still the worst thing ever <laughs> oh, it's still the worst thing ever oh no, no not the think... worst thing ever that sounds so dramatic gosh and we're in a bloody pandemic and I'm like my wedding was so bad <laughs> well I think it kind of was the start of it all wasn't it because you got married in 2019 I think in November right before shit hit the fan basically <laughs> literally, literally literally it was the beginning of shit hitting the fan in the entire world <laughs> <laughs> well let's set the scene because this has been a great intro to what your day is going to transpire to be but Kelly let's set the scene can you tell us just a little bit about yourself um what you do where you're from and how you met your partner well I am a Last in my early 30s, living in Sydney, and I, as you mentioned, I do podcasting and I also am a digital creative marketing consultant. So that's what I do full time, which means I've realized recently that because I am pregnant that uh, come January, I will not be taking maternity leave. One of the joys of working for myself, but it is really good. And especially through this whole lockdown situation, um, being able to work by myself has meant that my income hasn't been impacted as much as some other people's, which has been great. But yeah, so I've lived in Sydney for on and off, of course, um, for my entire adult life. But I actually grew up in a little beach town about four hours north called Foster. You might not have heard of it if you're from uh, yeah. in Victoria. But everyone in Sydney is always like, oh, my God, I went there on school holidays. When it's, Like it's a very popular <laughs> It's a destination, beach destination. Yep. Exactly, yeah. Like it's kind of like, I mean, I hope no one from Foster ever listens to this, but it's kind of like a sadder version of Byron Bay, but way less woo-woo, like better because it's not as woo-woo. Yes, gotcha. So gotcha. I hear that. Also, it's still one of my favourite places to go. Like, I love going home. Not that yeah. I can at the moment, but No, yeah. but see, and that's the thing, isn't it? You're a bit untapped out in Foster. It's not got the Byron descendants, which is nice. So it keeps exactly, exactly. Still. But mm. there's also nothing to do if it's raining because mm. it's, you know. But, um, yeah, so that's, I guess that's, like, literally the most top-line version of me but that's not why anyone wants to listen to this podcast they want to hear about the wedding stuff <laughs> so I met oh I met my husband in the most like 
millennial way ever. We met on Tinder mm-hmm. and he was horrible. Like, so <laughs> I just moved back from America and I've been living over there with my ex-boyfriend and we'd gone through this like really bad breakup or not really bad. It was just really sad. Like if you're living overseas with someone and then it falls apart like that, like that's pretty sad. But so mm-hmm. I'd moved back to Sydney and I was like this little shell of a human, just like, oh, I don't even know how to survive in the world. I had to get a new job, like literally just had to rebuild my life in Sydney after living overseas. And I had joined Tinder because my best friend, um, well, she just got married. And so she wanted to live vicarious through me and she'd heard a lot about it. And I was kind of like, this was early Tinder days. So it was like, what is this? But I had a little bit of fun on it. Like, I just liked talking to people and I just thought it was quite funny, but I canceled every single date I ever made with someone. Cause I was like, ew, I'm not meeting a stranger. <laughs> like, absolutely not. <laughs> yeah. But it's so funny like that, isn't it? Because it's like five years before Tinder, we were all at the pubs and the bars meeting and macking on with strangers without even a second's hesitation. Yet suddenly they're yeah, in front of our screens. we didn't even know if they brushed their teeth. No. And then, then they're in front of our screens on a Tinder profile and we're like, oh, you like cats? Oh, sorry, mate. Swipe left or whatever, whichever way you swipe. Totally. Exactly. And so I'd cancelled on all of these. And this one boy, he looked very good looking, but he was just an idiot. Like the shit he was sending me, I was like, what? Like me and my friends were making fun of him. Like, you know, we'd send each other, I'd be sending around screenshots of stuff that he'd be sending me. Just like, who is this? Um, <laughs> and anyway, but he was like really keen for a date. And um, turns out he was just like a huge player and re- literally wanted to, it's not that he fancied a date with me. He just fancied a date with anyone. But, and I was going to cancel because I canceled on everyone and I was just too scared. But in the morning, of it was a Saturday I was out with a girlfriend and my ex-boyfriend had said it had been like near weeks since we'd officially broken up so it had not been a long time but he'd been he sent me a message saying um hey I don't want you to hear it from anyone else but just letting you know that I do have a new girlfriend and I was kind of like ouch it's been a few weeks okay yeah you know whatever thanks for telling me but so my girlfriend was like okay you are going on this date tonight. Like you need to get back on the horse. Like you need to put yourself out there. You have to basically. And I was like, okay. So anyway, and I was so nervous. Like I'd met both. I'd been in two long-term relationships before and I'd met one at uni and then one at a job. Like I'd never been dating. I'd never been on a date before in my entire life. Like, you know, when you're young, you just like end up being boyfriend and girlfriend because you just spend so much time together. Yeah. Um. So we anyway so I was so nervous so I put like I got so drunk like I drank pretty much an entire bottle of wine by myself just out of nerves in the space of 20 minutes while I got ready (laughs) and then just totted up to the pub that we were meeting at and holy shit he was like the most beautiful looking man I've ever seen in my life like he was still such a dick and such a player And the next day I said to my sister and my now brother-in-law, I'm going to marry him one day. I was joking. I didn't, he was an idiot still, but I did end up marrying him. I love this. And here you are. Oh my God. That's the best. I mean, it took, that's like the shortest version of that story. We didn't actually get together for like a year and a half after that. We were just Mm. sort of like friends, but um, yeah. So I, the first dude I ever went on a date with after all of that, Ended up marrying him. Now he's knocked me up. Oh, 
well, there's no going back now. <laughs> so with your wedding, when I listened to the um, episode on Overshare, it seemed like everything that could go wrong went wrong at your wedding. And if we go back to the beginning, can we just start a little bit at, you know, your pre-wedding drama and what happened there? Um, Which part? There was a lot. I feel like you had a similar issue to what I'm having now with my bridesmaid. Oh, yes. I went through a very awkward, very public bridesmaid um, breakup uh, like a month before but I had 10 bridesmaids so I had a lot of bridesmaids so it wasn't like it was you know one of three I think that would have been way worse but yeah we went through a very bad breakup um probably it was after my hands so maybe two months before the wedding but it's so funny that when I reflect on that though I just think that I handled that situation way, way worse than I ever should have. Like she was drunk and said things that she shouldn't have, but we'd been friends for 10 years Mm -hmm. and without ever giving her, I was just so stressed and in such a bad place mentally that I just never, I just cut her off, which is actually a really shitty thing to do. And instead of ever giving her the space to tell her side of things or to, you know, even try to apologize. I literally just blocked her on everything and then made it worse by going public, talking about it on podcasts. I went on national TV and talked about it like, or or blaming her the entire time. But it's funny that with time, I said at the start, didn't I, that I still feel very badly about the whole thing, but some things have changed. And I think that's one of the biggest perspective changes that I've had that she fucked up, but I was way worse because that's not how you handle a relationship that you've had for most 10 Mm, years. Like mm. you don't just stop it because of one situation. You don't break up with someone because of one bad thing. So yeah, I I think think it's a hard, really dramatic and really heartbreaking in the lead up to the wedding, but reflecting back on that, I handled that really poorly. Yeah. And I think it's a hard thing though, too, because when you're in the throes of a billion things going on and this is your day and you have expectations on people and you would think that, you know, your wedding is where everybody is the most supportive, the most happy for you, um, there to lift you up, is there to be by your side. If one thing kind of goes a bit haywire in that whole collective ladder, it can all come crumbling down around you. And when you're in the middle of something and you're investing time, money, worrying about the bloody weather, worrying about if your dress is going to fit, worrying about if your shoes are going to be comfortable, one little thing like that when you assume everybody should be like rah, 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 have a little dance. Yay me. Uh, Yay you. And somebody doesn't, it's a real confronting thing to, God, it's funny because the more people you talk about, I had a real shit bridesmaid situation as well. And you sort of just think to yourself, it's hard. It's like, do you cut them off or do you keep them in and regret seeing them in photos? At the the end of the day, what you do at the time, you can always reflect in hindsight, it's amazing. But yeah, it's it's hard to know what you're going to do when you're emotional for one of the biggest days of your life, you know? Exactly. Yeah. Yeah, it's a tough uh, yeah one. there's I mean there's no you can't I can't change anything, mm, but mm. I think yeah, hindsight is a beautiful thing. It is a beautiful thing. I mean, that's some really good advice too for me cuz I'm going through something similar at the moment. And I'm I'm meant to be getting married in Jan and I think things just blow up and you kind of have to make a decision. You don't have that time. 
you, you know, you kind of got to sort it out now with that person. And it's just, I'm the same as you though. I kind of block and just cut if someone does something wrong. So thank you for the advice there. That's very helpful. Oh, no I one. hope, I just think that um, I one of the biggest things I think is that as much as brides don't want to hear this, the world actually doesn't revolve around you. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. And I know that good friends will make that time really special, but you've still got to remember that everyone else has other things going on. Mm, yeah, and, totally. And I mean, totally. I'm the queen of making things all about me. So you're speaking <laughs> to the ultimate narcissist, but <laughs> upon like perspective and time can give you different totally. outlooks on Absolutely. things. Absolutely. Yeah, it can. Now let's let's backtrack because Andy and I love to just pop all over the shop, but let's backtrack and let's go back to <laughs> how did yeah, <laughs> just keeps you guessing, you know. How did your husband propose? Let's go back to these good news stories. How did he propose? Okay, do you want to hear something crazy? Yes. Oh, it's not did that you, crazy. Oh, my God, but did you was, propose? No, 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 oh, no. It was, no, not that exciting. But it was three years ago today. Oh, oh no that's way. Really, that's I cool. know. How this, cool is that? Recording a wedding podcast, asking that question. It. it was three years ago today. That's cool. We were... I knew that he was going to propose on the trip because he's the worst secret keeper in the entire world. Like <laughs> my mom, it was ki- like, she was cracking up. Like she told me he'd be sitting on the couch and I'd be in the room and he'd be like Psst, to her and really obviously showing her photos of things on his phone. Like he just is the worst <laughs> secret keeper. And then he'd say that like we were in London before we went to Iceland where he did propose and he'd say to friends in London, really obviously, Oh, well, we need to celebrate on this day because we'll have something to celebrate. Like just oh the worst God, secret keeper him. ever. <laughs> so the day before he proposed, we were walking around all these waterfalls in um, Iceland and I, for some reason, just freaked out. I don't even know why, but I think because I knew that he would propose on this trip, I was just freaking out. I didn't know how. I didn't want it to be in front of people like I was just being a brat. And my girlfriend was that we were there with just said, firstly, he's not doing it today. Like he doesn't even have the ring. And then she was like, and calm down. This isn't about you. This is about him. He's proposing to you. So you let him do it the way that he wants to. And I was like, okay, I really need people around me to have strong words like that because otherwise I just start going off on a, but so the actual day that he was doing it after she had that little talk with me, it's like, it just completely went out of my mind. Like, I just sort of forgot and it was 11 p.m at night but I don't know if you've been to Iceland but it was still perfect daylight just like Mm. it is at the moment um mid-afternoon so it looks like it could be 3 p.m like it's perfect daylight Iceland is on my bucket list of like Iceland is like Mars it's the the, weirdest country it is the most I'm anywhere anywhere in the entire world like of course, I couldn't just be happy to go to, you know, Adelaide or something. But as soon as those borders open, I am desperate to go there. It just looks like the most surreal spot, like the most wild place on the planet. Crazy. What a cool, what an amazing place to propose though. Yeah, well, I guess that was his thinking out of all the places on our itinerary. He was like, well, this is a really unique place and not everyone, you know, most people have been to England, not most people, but like a lot of the people, but not everyone's sort of been to um, Iceland. So we'd been driving, I think we'd driven for about almost 20 hours that day, like 
because we stupidly booked our Airbnb in the town, but you need to drive everywhere in Iceland instead of just like stopping at little places along the island. So we drive so far in one day to see different things and then drive back. Oh, right. And okay. So it had been a very long day and we'd been to so many different sites and I'd actually chucked a massive tantrum like half an hour before he ended up proposing. Like I just had enough. I was tired. He was annoying me. Everyone was annoying me. I was just, I'd had enough. And yeah. so I chucked this huge tantrum and apparently then he was whispering to his friends, like, what do I do? Do I still do it? Like, <laughs> <laughs> and then, so we're walking up to the top of this waterfall and he's like, do you still love me? Even though I annoy you so much. And I still am cross. And I go, we've got a cat. One of our cat's names is Percy. And I went, yes, Percy is annoying, but I still love him. What a stupid question. <laughs> and then just like stormed ahead. <laughs> And then, so we're at the top of this beautiful, like it was in, this view was just beautiful. It's like nothing I'd ever seen before. And I looked like a ridiculous small boy though, because I'd packed, I went to a country with ice in the name and didn't pack a coat. Like, oh. I, don't, I don't know why I didn't even have, it was the stupidest packing I've ever done in my life. And Iceland is so expensive so oh, really? the jacket okay. started at like, say, $600. And we were going to, it was Europe in summer. So it was like, I don't want to spend $600 on a jacket. Like, so I just basically layered myself with ridiculous clothes. So the yeah. photos and videos are not good because I look like a very homeless small boy. Um, <laughs> and so he said, hey, I'm going to take, like, go to the edge of the waterfall and I'll get a photo of you. And I was like, oh okay, he's trying to win back my, my anti-tantrumness because yep. he's ta- offering to take a photo. And then so I'm standing at the side of this, you know, pensively looking out. I don't know why I was like even eager to get a photo with my outfit situation. <laughs> and then he was like tugging, tugging on my thing. And I thought he's very protective. So I thought he was being like, don't go so close to the side. And I turned around and he was on one knee. And because our oh friends were there with us, they were filming it and they had like, some champagne and so it was yeah really 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 nice I can't remember what he said but it was nice and I obviously said yes yeah and it's funny isn't it because all that bullshit that you deal with before tantrums anger words you know there are so many people we've spoken to that have got a very similar lead up to being proposed to like I don't know if the guys or the girls give off some weird vibe that kind of just shits us all but I feel just like nervous energy and then we're totally. like pull your shit together I totally we're walking to a waterfall for god's sake so yeah it's yeah <laughs> Poor buggers. Oh, my God. There are some things in life that I'm so thankful that I am female. And, you know, for me, that was something that I was like, nope, you can do it, not me, when I got married. Because I tell you what, I'd probably stumble over the words and give off the same amount of nervous energy as them. Exactly. Oh, gosh, I'd be beside myself. Or I'd just end up being like, you're marrying me, FYI. Yeah, yeah, totally. (laughs) Please, can you... 
can, please, can you save this date because I've booked our venue? Okay, cool. Thank you. Bye. And I've told your parents, like I've sent yeah. out to save the date. <laughs> You're <laughs> coming, right? Ready. Yeah, that's it. So, so you were overseas. You were with your friends. He proposed in Iceland. Dream. Dreamy, dreamy, dreamy. Tell us what you obviously have made your way back to Australia. Um, how did you go about your planning process? I mean, you're you're in the public spectrum. You are online. You've got your fingers at so many touch points and so many avenues that you can explore just from you know your platform alone. How did you go about a wedding? How? Where did you start? I actually don't even know. I'm not very organized, but I get stuff done, if that makes sense. So, yep. so yeah, I've got no idea how I did it. I didn't have any help. I did the entire thing by myself. Literally, I had no help. Um, I didn't have a planner. Um, and so I sort of just, I, I took a while. It wasn't something I rushed into. Mm. And then I think eventually I just sort of chose a date based on when the ceremony location was free. I knew that I wanted to get married in warmer months, but not too hot. I didn't want like the middle of summer. So it was kind of just depending on stuff like that. And then I would work everything else around it. But Mm -hmm. yeah, I would say that I didn't really, there's no rhyme or reason to how I planned. I just sort of did it, but I didn't like, I, yeah, I'm the most unorganized person, but I get everything done and somehow I don't forget things generally. Yep. So I don't, it just works for me, but it's definitely not something that anyone else should do. I would say I used to think that a wedding planner was a huge waste of money. And now I'm like, no, no, <laughs> no, no. Your time is worth far more money. Like the amount I could have made easily that money if I just hadn't, if I'd paid someone else to do it for me. So yeah. I understand yeah. now why they are so essential. And also just like, Watching my friends that do have a planner, even if it's just the uh, event person at the reception, like that, they didn't even cost. That's just part of like what you pay when you pay for a yeah. reception venue. How much easier their days are and even the lead up because th- that person does everything for you. Mm-hmm. And what did you find the most challenging part of that planning process? Um, because I was getting married, not in Sydney, finding, uh, like, what do you call them? Supplies. Vendors, finding vendors for different things and finding good vendors, which I didn't really find to be fair, a lot of them. Um, but because I was getting married where I'd grown up in foster, there just wasn't the vendors or the sort of options that I would have had in Sydney, which I was used to because, I had planned so many events in Sydney for different companies and I was like, oh, it's so easy to do in Sydney because you just, well, not easy, but I guess as well, when you're getting paid to do something as part of your job, it's a lot easier than just doing it for yourself with no reward whatsoever. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. You do not overthink it as much as you do when it's your own. Exactly. You're kind of like, oh God, if that color doesn't look perfect, who cares? It doesn't really matter. But when it's (laughs) your own. Yep. Exactly. But um, so I just say trying to get things, things, it's trying to get anything up there was quite the hardest part. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And so for your vendors that you did pick and you, you said just before you tried to pick, you didn't have a great success story in some of them. Did you find that what they were offering, like, did you get their quotes through and did you did you get what they offer through and were you, 
planning events in Sydney and knowing what certain things cost, were you surprised at some invoices or some costs of some suppliers as you were going through your wedding planning? So some of them were astronomically cheaper and I was like, lol, this is a bit of a laugh. I mean, you get what you pay for. Um, And then some of the others were just crazy expensive for given that you don't have the same sort of overheads and the quality is it the same as well as what Mm. you're doing if you're paying for someone that's you know won awards and such in Sydney yeah but yeah I don't think there wasn't one cost that came through that shocked me to my core at all like Mm -hmm. because I'd done things before and I'd also been a bridesmaid oh at this point maybe eight times so I'd helped (gasps) plan a lot of weddings as well so I knew how much Mm -hmm. everything cost Mm -hmm. yeah oh my gosh that is a lot of times to be a bridesmaid Yes. Yes, it is, isn't it? It is. Oh, yeah. Well, an expert, because you did, you did do a few uh, do-it-yourself things. I recall something. I can't remember what it was, but something to do with rose petals. Oh my god! When you're styling oh god, and designing the, the whole the bloody entire rose thing. petals. Yes, tell us about that. Stupid rose petals. <laughs> I just did. You decide to collect them yourself? No. But I just, so what I did was in my mind, it would be like this magical wonderland where people would walk through and the ground would just be covered with softly colored rose petals. Yes. Just, you know, beautiful. Sounds lovely. No one cares. No one cares about those sorts of details or notices them. So I ordered, I I tried to find like these biodegradable because I was like, I don't want to just fill the ground with plastic. I'm pretty sure I bought them off eBay. I'm pretty sure they just said that they were. I'm pretty sure they were still plastic because some <laughs> of them are still in my parents' garden. Um, like hundreds of thousands of rose petals from oh. eBay, right? And they're be- like they were beautiful. They were silk, so they were very realistic. You could only sort of notice if you actually picked one up. Yep. But so they come in clumps, though, so you actually have to separate them yourself. And so there I sat night after night for months separating fucking rose petals that no one cared about. Like it was just one of those things that I, oh my goodness, just one of the stupidest decisions. And my entire wedding, because I'm very details, I love details. I used to work in visual merchandising. So I've got like, I love the details. No one else does. Um, Or, you know, they do, but they would have been fine without them. Mm -hmm. And things like uh, all of my invitations I made all of the invitations and I decided that the envelope needed to be, what is that thing called where it's like, it's like something out of Harry Potter. Like you wax and then you have your special seal. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. It's called, it literally called a wax seal. Oh, okay. Perfect. So (laughs) I decided that I needed all of my invitations to be wax sealed Mm. with like this special customized thing, stamp thingy, but like who, I also am not very good at asking for help. I probably should have just invited a girlfriend over and been like, let's have a bottle of wine and do this together. But I'm so intent on just not asking for help that, nope, that was another project that I was like, night after night, I'm just going to burn bloody wax and then use a stupid seal that people then just rip open. Oh, See, and I think this is a lesson for everybody potentially listening. There are all these things on Pinterest and Instagram that look incredible, but you must remember that there is the potential for it to be a little bit of a heartache if you're doing it yourself. 
just and just kind of pointless when you think about it when you receive an invitation you might go oh this is beautiful you chuck the envelope out and at best you chuck it on your fridge like it's not people no one's pressing and scrapbooking their wedding invitations that they've received (laughs) Mm. and with all that um do it yourself do you think that that was able to keep you to stick to a budget or how did you go with all of that oh god no absolutely my voice just broke with that no (laughs) I stopped like I said I'm very unorganized um and I did create a budget to begin with and I just didn't even tell my husband to be how much we don't actually share money so I was kind of like I'm just going to pay for this. I had a bit of help from my parents, but I was like, I've always wanted a wedding. I know that you don't want a wedding. Like you don't care. You would just be happy getting married wherever. Um, so you can just keep paying for deposit on our future place that we still don't own. Um, and I will pay for the wedding. And so at the start, I told him what I roughly thought it would cost. And he was like, oh, that seems like a lot. I, I And then I just stopped filling in my little budget sheet because I'm unorganized and I didn't want to know. Mm. I'm quite certain though that I at least doubled what I initially said because regardless, things just add up. And also when you do a DIY wedding, you initially think that it's going to save you money, but it absolutely doesn't. I've been to nicer, fancier weddings in Sydney that cost less because mm-hmm. the venue just does it all. Like you don't need yeah. to, I had to hire chairs. I had to hire toilets, like yeah. everything you and have to hire forget about that when, when you're doing they're... it yourself. And yeah. they all add up so much cost. Espe- actually, especially probably when you aren't near a city. So people then have to pay to travel. Mm. Yeah. That, that's a huge thing, actually. It's the delivery to get to a spot that's not close to anywhere that just kills you. Or you just end up using the shitty local vendors. Mm. And um, you were, so your wedding was right kind of at the start or the cusp of all the bushfires happening. Tell us about what happened on your wedding day or the flow of, you know, the whole wedding festivities of that weekend. Would love to hear, you know, what happened. How was your wedding day? Yeah. Um, So I also need to explain that when I also did that overshare podcast, I complained a lot about the fires and it came across as very insensitive. This mm. was um, less than a week after the bushfires had started. It wasn't, no one had died. No one's home had been destroyed yeah. at this point. Like it was bushfires, which is really bad, but bushfires happen every single year in, yeah. especially um, in rural areas in Australia, like mm-hmm. in, in the dry areas of Australia. So when I was complaining about it so much, I didn't obviously know how bad it was going to get. Like it got so bad and I, no one obviously had any idea. So that also sort of was one of the reasons why I was just so outraged at everything. Cause I was like, we have bushfires every year. Why is everything falling apart now? But in retrospect, once again, perspective is hindsight is a wonderful thing. It was not your average bushfires. Mm. So it was just little things like, um, actually, no, it wasn't just a week. They had started, but then they would, it wasn't, they weren't bad yet. But the week before um, the wedding, my parents, they were trying not to tell me how bad it was. Like, but I'd gone to my nanny's house in the morning and she said, have you heard the news? And we turned, she, we listened to it on the radio because she's 88 and we were listening to the, news on the radio and it was like there's these bushfires in the area and I was like oh you know I said oh there's bushfires every year it's Mm. fine 
And then I found out like maybe the next day when dad actually sent photos through their entire estate. So they live on property on an estate and the entire estate had been completely evacuated. My parents, my dad was like on top of the shed with hoses, with the firefighters. Like the my wedding venue was on fire the week prior. Oh my God. Like actually on fire. And my mom is like running around with wet towels, trying to put out spot fires. Like bless their little hearts. They were just so worried about not scaring me. And it's kind of heartbreaking when I think about it. Like we're, we, yeah. we're such bright, we can be such bridezillas about such you know, the important thing was that the house was safe and that they were safe, but they were worrying about me having a meltdown about like burnt out trees. Can I just say off topic, the burnt out trees make the most beautiful photos. Yeah, they, yeah, exactly. In retrospect, it's always the things you don't assume. They look gorgeous. Mm. And the smoke is still like actually there. Like it, it was just beautiful. Um, it would have been better without it, obviously, of course. But yes, of so course. that was the week before. But then they were like, you know, it's fine. It's fine. It's fine. And I was kind of like, okay. And then it was the day before. So the rehearsal dinner, um, my husband-to-be was late to the rehearsal dinner because, oh, and there was a lot of stuff going on with our cat at one of our cats at the same time. So our cat that's a separate story, but there was just a lot of stressful things yeah, going on in our stuff. lives at the moment. Yeah. Yeah. So Luke, um, husband was, he had had to stay in Sydney while I'd been up in foster setting up for the wedding because of our cat. And then he'd been in hospital with the cat the night before the wedding. So then he ended up being oh. late to the rehearsal, the rehearsal dinner because of this cat. And then people were messaging me saying, Hey, Kel, we can't get through the roads have been blocked off from like Queensland and I was having panicking about that. And then in the morning, my grandfather, who um, passed not long after the wedding, so I'm so grateful that he was able to be there. He, um, they were saying that they weren't going to be able to pick him up and get him because of the fires. And um, it was just like so stressful. Like that on oh your wedding gosh. day morning is not what you sort of can deal with hearing. And no. I'd lost another grandparent that year. And I was like, at the start of the year, I had three grandparents coming to my wedding and now I've only got one left. Like, and I was just so upset. And then the band called and they canceled um, <gasps> that day. Bullshit. Um, yeah. And that oh, was when I think I had gosh. my first proper, like I shut yeah. myself in my room, put my legs up against my door and just like bawled my eyes out. Like I was just so Things were just falling apart left, right, and center. The stylists were three hours late and I was helping. They weren't really stylists. They were just like dropping off props and all the florals. And then because of my history in visual merchandising and because I'm a idiot, I had decided that I would style my own wedding while planning it, while also trying to be a bride. Never repeat that. So like never try to do that. That was the stupidest thing I've ever done. So I'm running around like a headless chicken once they finally got there. And then my friends are kind of like, Kelly, we'll do it. Just give us instructions. They were like rallying together, trying to get stuff done. Um, You need to go get ready because I had to do my own hair and makeup because there was no one up there that uh, I trusted with my face or my hair, Um, which I should have just paid someone from Sydney to come up and do it because even though I am good at doing my own hair and makeup, it's not... Once again, it's really something that you probably shouldn't have to worry about doing on the day. 
And so all of this is going on. And then the, it was just a nightmare. Like it was just the caterers were saying, oh, we can't get through. And they were coming from the same place that they'd gotten my grandfather from. And they were like, yes, it was just a rumor that the roads were closed. We just drove that, like, it's fine. It's open. Um, And yeah, it was just a nightmare. The caterers ended up coming. So they were meant to serve uh, the first canapes as people were coming at, I think it was at 5.36. They didn't arrive until six. So no one ate anything at my wedding until about 11 p.m. (gasps) And they just decided not to send five bar staff that I'd hired. So everyone had to like fetch their own drinks. And I'd been just stupid little things. Like I'd been collecting these beautiful vintage crystal glasses for over a year. Like every time I'd go to an op shop or like a cute shop that sold crystal, like I'd get these. So I had this beautiful mix of crystal glasses that and these beautiful gold trays that all the bar staff were going to walk around. And then, I mean, I walked out the backyard and the caterers had just turned up and then told me that they hadn't bought the plates that I had ordered, uh, which went with, you know, the place settings that you spend so long designing and that none of them bar staff had turned up. And all of my guests are just like free pouring into plastic cups because they didn't realize that all of these crystal glasses were aside. And it was just like, it looked so not my vision one of my friends had managed to find some local DJ and I swear to God, he looked like he was a stone Shrek. Like his, his face was chewing off his jaw. I was never, oh, wow. I'd never seen anything oh like him. And he had set up, no one asked him. He'd set up these fugly, like colorful flash strobe lights that like we'd spent the day prior wrapping fairy lights around trees we had lighting sorted like we'd spent the entire day prior doing the lighting and he just rocks up and does an early 90s rave oh my god literally he played sweat drops down my balls oh that's at my wedding (laughs) yeah Um, it wasn't I had pre-approved songs but it wasn't on there and my seeing my aunties dance around to that oh that was a vision um uh, and I just it was just devastating and my best friend like my husband couldn't calm me down at this point my best friend like pulled me into a room and treated me like her toddler where she was basically like do you have a kind heart I was like, yes. And she was like, well, you use that kind heart and you stop worrying about the details because no one cares. People are just here to celebrate you. um, And that's all that's important. They want to celebrate you and Luke. No one cares about anything. They just want to have fun. Look outside, look at how much fun everyone's having. And to this day, people still say that it's one of the, like some people say it's the most fun and other people say it's one of the best weddings they've ever been to because there was no food. Everyone was wasted on the dance floor before it was nighttime. Like I've so, never so been they can't to a remember wedding. all the fuck ups. And I can't remember anything because my option then was just to get shit faced because I was just so upset. So that is something that I definitely wish that I hadn't done because I can't remember pretty much mm. anything. Yeah. Do you know what people? That's how your bridesmaid though. Now how we were talking at the start of this episode about like that is how you that is how you friend and that is how your bridesmaid is you you pull together 
all the emotions and just get out there and make them have fun. And do you know what? Probably, they did. They did. And they did. And probably like your guests are going to vibe off how you feel. And if she hadn't have been able to get through to you and you were so upset for the whole day, there's no way that all your guests would have had as much fun as that they did. But because you put everything and like I actually – had a mini anxiety attack listening to what you just said so I can't even imagine what it would have been like in the flesh experiencing it and as the bride but you rallied and you took that shot of tequila and you all had an epic time oh and it was it was so much fun and it was a really fun party I just wish that it hadn't been my wedding yeah (laughs) like it was the most stupidly expensive party I've ever thrown for people <laughs> just to get absolutely shit-faced. And, but yeah, you're exactly right. And everyone did just have the wildest time. And yeah, so, but that was it. That was the wedding. And then the next day, my dad dragged my hungover ass up to get the rose petals off the floor. <laughs> dad. I was like, really? I'm oh very sick right now. <laughs> does, Kelly, does everything that you went through, everything that transpired for your wedding day, does it make you want to redo it? No, because that would be very expensive. But yes, as well, because, okay. yeah, I, you know, as I said, it's been two years and I still have such a sour taste. My husband, it drives him up the wall. He's like, get over it. It was really fun. And I'm yeah. like, that's easy for you to say. You did have fun. You didn't have anything to do with it. Yeah, he literally correct, yeah. was like learning things that day. Like, oh, that's nice that she's organized this. Like <laughs> he, of course he had fun. He just rocked up, got married and got pissed with his friends. Like he had a great time. Do you know know what? It doesn't matter how many disasters go into weddings. I feel like that is more common for grooms in any wedding aspect than I think we really know about. Turning up, getting drunk, leaving with a wife. They love it. They're like, oh, this is great. Um, But (laughs) yeah, so I definitely, I don't really want to ever do it again because it was so stressful and expensive, but I, I think at some point I'd like to do like a really nice party for a birthday or something that where I could do th- have things done the way that I really would want to and have a better memory with with it. Yeah. Yeah. But do you know do you know what? And at the end of the day, I think it's one of those things that look, it's really easy for me to say sitting here at my dining room table, you know, not experiencing this. But you all that's gone down, but you're still married. And at the end of the day, you're still married. You married the love of your life. Yep, you had an epic party. Yeah, it didn't go all to plan. There were bushfires. There were issues. There were rose petals. There were bloody plate problems and glass problems. And But at the end of the day, you married, you know, you married your best friend. And I think that 500 people or five people, that's kind of how we set out to do it and I'm sure that you could have weddings that have that look online and, you know, people are like, oh, no, everything was perfect. No, everything was a great day. But, God, I have no doubt that they had their fair share of shit go on too. And it's, it is funny because I think that especially when you can really break it down like that perspective, perspective is so important and I don't think that, we shouldn't be allowed to whinge about things like that because it's just what makes us human. And when we do put a lot of effort, but it also 
you've got to have perspective and be like, oh no, my plates weren't right. Like, mm, I know it is a hard one though, because have like, perspective, it, yeah. it makes everything a little bit easier. It does, but you've also got to allow yourself the vent too. Oh yeah. Oh God. I love nothing more than a vent. <laughs> Clearly. No, you two have just copped it. <laughs> <laughs> no, we feel you for sure. Well, Kelly, look, Thank you so much for taking us through your day. It sounds like it was wild, but you know what? So many conversations to come out of it. So much fun that was had. Few too many shots, but you're married and your photos are beautiful. And you know what? From a surfer's point of view, I would have had no idea other than talking to you right now that there was anything that went on just by looking at your pics. So isn't it funny how social media can give off that vibe of perfection? It's a lie. It's all a lie. (laughs) (laughs) Is there one piece of advice that you can give those listening that, do you know what, I think if they scrolled through this episode, they'd probably get 100 pieces. But anything that's come out of your entire journey that you'd be like, you know what, this is it, this is it girls and boys this is what I suggest um at first when people asked me that I said don't do it um and then I realized how negative that was and no one was listening to me I was like why are my friends still planning weddings I don't understand why no one's listening to me but I think a much more realistic piece of advice is to fuck the details No one cares about the details the way that you do. No one notices the details the way that you do. And yes, it is your wedding day, but it is going to just be so much more stressful on you if you're so worried about tiny little things that absolutely no one would notice if they weren't there. Amazing. And thank you for coming to our TED Talk. (laughs) Kelly, you have been. Just the name the of my TED talk, fuck the details. <laughs> <laughs> You've been the best guest. You have given an incredible insight into, uh, you know what, some really realistic issues that pops up at weddings, I think more often than people who look at Instagram do think. So thank you so much for joining us. Um, we will be sure to... Uh, let everybody know when your episode is live and, um, you know, looking really forward to um, releasing it. And, yeah, you've been an absolute beauty. So thank you for thank joining us. Thank you so us. much for letting me vent in the chat. Thanks so much for listening to this episode of the You and Me podcast. If you're after any of the suppliers mentioned in today's episode, you can head on over to our Instagram page at the You and Me podcast and jump into our episode release where we've tagged all these incredible suppliers featured in this interview. If you're a bride or groom and would like to chat to us about having your wedding featured on the You and Me podcast, you can send us a submission DM to our Instagram page at the You and Me podcast titled Real Couple Submission or message us on Facebook at www.facebook.com forward slash the You and Me podcast. Leaving reviews, rating the episodes, sharing the love with all your loves and subscribing to our podcast really helps us to continue producing the amazing content designed just for you. So don't be shy. You can also follow our ordinary lives with Andy over at The Bridal Journey and Laura at Wonderlust Creative. Thanks for joining. Thank you.